Welcome to Arts Express. This is Prairie Miller and on the show. This next man just finished his 130th movie, Tom Arnold, everybody. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about some jobs I had. I had a great job. I worked at a meatpacking plant for three years. Anybody else done that? The Hormel Meatpacking Plant in Tumwa, Iowa. Uh, by the way, if you work on the kill floor of a meatpacking plant, you will get very drunk every day. Okay? <laughs> There's a documentary called American Dream and won an Academy Award in 1990 about our meatpacking plant. Uh, I voted for every strike that uh, came up. I didn't even read the paperwork. You know? And by the way, man, it's so fun. You get so drunk, you start a bonfire outside, you firebomb anybody that tries to get through the gates. A lot of times it's your cousin, you know? You don't even care. And if you watch that documentary, you see what happens. The, the company just fired us and just changed the name of the, of the business and then they hired people from other countries to work for half the play. Yeah, anyway, it didn't work out too well. But uh, my best job, I think, was McDonald's. So after that, I, I went to the University of Iowa, and I needed money, right? So uh, first I applied at Pizza Hut, but they made me take a lie detector. So, and then they asked you questions, you know, real personal. It's like, have you ever stolen food? And, and uh, what, earlier in my life, I, I worked on a farm. I grew up on farms and I was Bailey Hay for a guy, we all did for 14 hours, and this guy was supposed to pay us $1.40 an hour, and he's an asshole, and he only gave us 70 cents an hour because he said we drank too much water, so I sold one of his uh, cows. Anyway, that's technically stealing. I think it's technically, I did for real. I don't consider it stealing, but anyway. But I had those budgie core, I mean, he was safe. Anyway, it's a long story. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so I get this job at, at McDonald's in Iowa City. And it is the best job because if you unload the truck on Thursdays, you get one meal of whatever you want to eat. So I would have eight uh, uh, Big Macs with quarter pounder meat and a Diet Coke. And then I would start my work day, you know, feeling totally sick and disgusting. <laughs> and that's, it's shocking I became a drug addict because of that. Anyway, <laughs> but I love there. I got to be to play the Ronald McDonald for the kids on Sundays with terrible hangovers. And that was actor and comedian Tom Arnold talking about his early struggles as a working-class youth to survive economically in an America where nothing has changed in the present time. We'll be speaking to Arnold later in the show and his latest film, MVP, Most Valuable Player, about this country's main spectator sports exploiting as gladiators, football players, and soldiers alike channeling PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, and actual homeless veterans in the cast. But first, in the Arts Express screening room, what is the dark web, really? How did it all start? Where did that underground internet come from? And where is it headed? And what it all has to do with U.S. intelligence, money laundering and bitcoins, hackers, hit lists, rocket launchers, stolen identities, and fake passports for sale, while at the same time, the dark web crucial to whistleblowers and a hidden Wikipedia containing articles immune from censorship. I'm sure by now that everyone has heard of the dark web, commonly known as the epicenter of illegal online activity. A vast secret cyber underworld it's called the dark web, and people aren't using it to buy shoes. They're buying drugs, weapons, anything you can imagine. The subterranean realm is sinister and untraceable, with consequences that can be deadly. People may also be familiar with Silk Road, or at least its history, the online marketplace where you could buy narcotics with absolute anonymity. But the dark web is part of something much bigger, the deep web, which makes up 90% of the entire web. Through our internet searches in our daily lives, we only see a tip of the iceberg. How did this all start? We'll take a look at both the deep web and the dark web. For starters, let's take a look at some basics. The web can be defined into three categories. First, there's the surface web, and that's everything that's open and available. Basically, everything that can be found through a Google search. Following this is the deep web. This is a portion of the internet that's hidden from conventional search engines and it contains unindexed websites. 
Here, you can find personal information like your payroll and medical records, or a corporation's private data. And finally, there's the dark web. Here, sites are intentionally hidden from search engines. Sites on the dark web can only be accessed through special browsers which use masked IP addresses to hide the identity of the visitors. So where did this dark web come from? In 1969, a couple of university students sent the world's first computer-to-computer -computer message. It was sent on ARPANET, an early ancestor to the internet. The concept of connecting computers together was a radical idea at the time, and it set in motion the progression to the modern internet. But ever since there has been the internet, or any form of internet, people have used it for illegal online activity. In fact, one of the first ever e-commerce transactions was a drug deal in 1970. It was done between two students at MIT and Stanford. In the 1980s, people also attempted to create data havens in small countries with relaxed laws. These early examples were nowhere near as sophisticated as the modern dark web. However, they illustrate the point that there have always been people who wanted to use the web to escape the eyes of the authorities, or everyone's eyes for that matter. In the mid-1990s, things started to get interesting. A technology called Tor was created. Tor stands for the Onion Router and is a browser which allows users to exchange information anonymously online. Peer-to-peer -peer networks like Tor are the backbone of the dark web. For the dark web to exist, it needs anonymity. Tor manages this by hiding the identity of the user by bouncing the connection through three different servers around the world, adding a layer of encryption each time, hence the name Onion. It would be logical to assume that Tor was invented by a group of anti-establishment coders and criminals trying to evade government control. Looking at the illegal activity of the dark web, this makes sense. However, quite paradoxically, Tor was invented by the US Naval Research Laboratory to allow intelligence personnel to transfer information securely. Another agency of the US Department of Defense called DARPA further developed Tor, and in 2002, they made it available to the public. To this very day, Tor is still funded in part by the US government. But why would the US government fund and allow the general public to access Tor? Well, the idea was to make it difficult for anyone to decipher which information on the dark web was created by intelligence officers. It's easier to remain anonymous in a sea of anonymous users. Simply, the more users there are, the better. It's important to note that without Tor, the darknet would still exist. Tor is simply one dark web browser to which there are many. It's kind of like if Google Chrome was shut down tomorrow, the internet would still exist. In 2014, Dr. Gareth Owen provided a breakdown of the sites on the dark web by classification. His research found that drug marketplaces were by far the most common type of site. This was followed by other marketplaces, including fraud sites and Bitcoin sites, which are mainly used for money laundering. Okay, so let's take a deeper dive and take an interesting look at the deep and dark web. Firstly, it's huge and its size is growing rapidly. A 2001 study done by the University of California discovered that the dark web had 7.5 petabytes or 7,500 gigabytes of information. In just two years, this number increased to over 91,000 petabytes. Today, combined, the deep and dark web is over 96% of the entire web. To give you more of an idea of the scale, 60 of the largest deep websites collectively exceed the size of the entire surface internet by 40 times. When you do an internet search, you're only searching 0.03% of the entire web. The dark web is such a nefarious place that you can get scams based around murder. In one case, people kept falling for an elaborate scam to hire hitmen. A website called Bessa Mafia claimed to offer the toughest Albanian hitman services, but in reality, it was two Eastern European men tricking people into handing over their money to pay for hit jobs that actually didn't happen. After getting their initial payment, the fraudsters often strung customers along, lying to them and making up stories about why the killing hadn't happened yet. They even started a fake moral panic around the issue. They started up false campaign groups and petitions calling for the Bessa Mafia website to be shut down. This was a convoluted effort to make it look legitimate. It said that you can find anything from an AK-47 to a rocket launcher on the dark web if you look hard enough. Criminals have also been discovered selling fake degrees, certifications, and passports. People have also hired hackers to break into university systems just to change their grades. Stolen identities are up for grabs on the dark web. Passwords for individual bank accounts cost around $160. And your full identity? 
about $1,200. On the dark web, there's also a hidden Wikipedia. This contains Wikipedia articles that are immune from censorship. One of the most infamous sites on the dark web is the marketplace Silk Road. The name comes from an ancient network of trade routes which connected Europe, parts of Africa, Asia and the Middle East. The name was borrowed by Ross Ulbrich in 2011 when he set up the first Silk Road marketplace under the alias Dread Pirate Roberts. Here, many things can be purchased with Bitcoin, but mostly illicit drugs and fraudulent documentation such as passports. Being mostly anonymous, Bitcoin, among other cryptocurrencies, was instrumental in allowing Silk Road and any anonymous marketplace to run. Ross Ulbrich was arrested in 2013 and charged in a high-profile case with money laundering, computer hacking, conspiracy to traffic narcotics, and arranging hitmen to murder six people. However, he was not prosecuted for the attempted murder charges. In October, the FBI swooped. Ross Ulbrich was sitting at his laptop in the science fiction section of a San Francisco library. But to ensure they got the evidence they wanted, the federal agents had to grab Ulbrich before he had time to shut down his computer. My prosecutors in the case essentially wanted him online uh, and the computer unencrypted at his arrest. He was sentenced to double life in prison, plus 40 years without parole. In total, approximately 170,000 bitcoins were seized by the US government from Silk Road and Ulbrich's personal account. At the time, this was roughly 100 million US dollars. If sold at the peak of Bitcoin's price in 2017, it would be worth approximately 2.8 billion US dollars. Ross Ulbrich had a staunch libertarian philosophy, believing that he was doing an ultimate good for the world. His rules for Silk Road outlined that only products that do not cause harm to innocent people may be listed. He fundamentally believed that he was giving power to the people against the government. It could be argued that the site reduced violence in society as Silk Road provided a means to purchase narcotics without the violent nature of cartels, gangs or local drug dealers. Ross Ulbrich's heavy prosecution has caused a stir in the online community. There have been arguments about how much of Silk Road was built by Ulbrich as he had a limited programming knowledge. Some claim that this was the work of a group. New versions of Silk Road and other drug marketplaces keep reappearing. Perhaps as long as there is demand, there will always be another form of Silk Road. Tor and the dark web have also been crucial to whistleblowers. The New York Times and other news outlets have opened Onion sites to allow for people to anonymously submit information. So the dark web isn't really a place to surf. It's a place that allows you to do specific things and people should really know what they're getting into before accessing it. Many sites need invites and a lot of people provide very specific services. Stumbling upon a site by accident may even be a criminal offence. To make things clear, it's definitely recommended that you don't mess with the dark web. There have been reports of people getting strange phone calls after browsing through forums, people's webcams being hacked and then being put on live stream for all to see, people being followed around in public and being horrified to see photos of themselves while doing their daily activities appear on their computer later that day. A lot of people regard the dark web as an underworld, an illegal and dark place where criminals meet. It's true, there is a lot of this type of activity, but the other argument is that it gives people freedom. It can stop governments from overreaching their boundaries. It can keep people and their ideas safe. The question is, how do we stop the parts of the dark web that shouldn't exist? Right now, it seems like an unanswerable question, but people such as Tor staff are working on it. In a time where all of our information is online and our identity follows us on every post and search, perhaps we need something like a dark web in order to keep our freedom. So I'll pass the question off to you. Do you think we need something like a dark web for privacy reasons? But on the other hand, it just might be the case in the future that intelligence agencies compromise the system without even telling us. It's an interesting debate. So anyway, this has been Degogo Cold Fusion. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Cold Fusion. It's new thinking.
And coming up next on Arts Express, actor, comedian, and former bouncer, apparently as well, Tom Arnold phones in from L.A. to talk about his latest film, MVP, in which he plays, well, himself. A biographical, dramatic feature written, directed, and starring Nat Boyer, a PTSD Army veteran turned former NFL player for the Seattle Seahawks and who supported Colin Kaepernick on the playing field, taking a knee. And with a cast for the film incorporating the homeless from the streets of L.A. First, some scenes from MVP, then Tom Arnold. When you retire, it's not on your terms. It makes it just that much harder to let go. But Will the Drill, he's without a doubt a legendary journey. Football has changed a lot since you were in your prime. You go to the game this week? Football isn't everything, right? We lost 29 Marines on back-to-back deployments. You can't come home until you go home. Most of my post-traumatic stress is from lack of traumatic stress. And I missed the locker room. You own a gym. Why not make it a locker room? Mm. That's all you got? What if we had some of your dudes come down, get in there with some of my dudes? Pay your asses. Help, 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 get up. <laughs> I got you. I would never compare battlefields to ball fields. You're not at war anymore. You gotta move forward. You're poking the bear. You're gonna get hurt. Come on, hit me. You didn't die. So when are you gonna start living? I don't give anything. Just run out on that field one more time. We can't lose. We're your team now. Hello, Tom Arnold, and welcome. All right, all right. Thank you for having me. What was it about MVP that got you on board to be part of this movie and play yourself as a character? Well, um, okay, let me start over. Okay, I, 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 I'm going to be, I'm spacing on, uh, um, hold on one second. I just want to do this the right way. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got off the phone with a thing with my kid's therapist for uh, uh, too long. So I'm a little discombobulated, but I'll be right. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you. Well, I got to know Nate Boyer uh, 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 through the uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, story. Uh, um, we had mutual friends, and I saw that he had, had helped Colin Kaepernick when he was when, uh, figure out how to do those protests. And I knew that Nate was a veteran. I knew he had played football. And uh, um, I also heard that he had interest in being in the entertainment business. So I got together with him. And one, I told him how much I appreciated him for each of those things. But, uh, you know, he told me, I, I want to make a movie. I want to direct the movie. I want to write or whatever. And I said, the odds of, uh, you know, it, the odds of being getting into the NFL are slim and none. Um, the odds of being an Army Ranger are slim and none. And the odds of uh, doing this in Hollywood, it, you, you have a better chance at those other things. And, and, but, but I'm going to help you uh, because you just never know. And that's why when I look back and see that he's gotten this done and put this all together, um, it's, it, you know, it's an amazing thing. I have... Uh, been lucky enough to travel around the world in Afghanistan and Okinawa and different places to to uh, entertain as best I can the uh, members of the military, I'm military people in my family. Uh, also on this specific story, you know, my, my nephew, very sweet boy, uh, took his own life at 25. He'd actually got uh, sent home from the army because he was suicidal. And, and so... 
you know, this is something that's that's omnipresent with uh, uh, myself and, and uh, you know, and also something I'm teaching my children. Um, we see, we drive over by the VA there, uh, I guess it's Westwood or, uh, you know, and you'll see kids, my kids are nine and six. I'm a single dad, I'm 63, I have a nine-year-old and six-year-old. And so you want to teach as many lessons as you can. But they, they ask me, why are those people homeless? Why are they living on the sidewalk? Why, why, why do they have to live in tents? And so it's a complicated answer. You know, I'm a person that's in recovery from, uh, from drugs and alcohol. Uh, there's that component. There's the mental health. But there's also the fact that, that people, um, it's easy to forget about those people. And, you know, 22 uh, veterans every day commit suicide. That's crazy. That's crazy. So there's a whole bunch going on. Um, my experience from going, spending time at the VA, spending time with these folks is they want to get better. And, and, and the message I always give them is the way, to, if you get better, if it went, you will be able to help so many other people. Like being of service to me, it, it's a very selfish thing because it really benefits me, whether I'm going down to VA or speaking to other addict alcoholics or people, you know, that, that have lived similar lives. You know, it, it's, I have also noticed the last couple few years, people talking about post-traumatic stress, you know, uh, there was a lot of shame with that for a long time and, and people weren't talking about it. Now I see very strong people sharing their stories. And, and, you know, we all try to find a mutual, what do we have in common? I think that's what the, what I love about this film and what I love about this organization is because ultimately we all do have things in common. We're not terminally unique. And, you know, if you get that in your head like, oh, it's just, it's just me, no one could possibly understand what this feels like. Well, that's just not true. And anytime you can bring groups of people together, sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Uh, you know, that's a game changer. That changes the world. So I, I also, you know, I had a sports show for, for years uh, on Fox Sports, best damn sports show, period. So I got to know these athletes. And, and you know, you get to know people personally. Uh, so I, I know many athletes and, uh, and many veterans and the similarities. And it's, it's the same in my business. You, you do something. And it goes well, and then suddenly, you know, there's a shelf life on everything. And what is that next part of your life going to be? What are you going to do? And so, anyway, I'm honored to be a part of this. Now, sad to say, we don't see much of you in the film. No. <laughs> and after your brief appearance, I kept looking for you to come back for more at some point. Along with feeling pretty much like the clueless character, Mo McCray, when faced with the phenomenon of fantasy football. What are your thoughts about all of that? Well, Mo is great. My <laughs> thoughts were, I, I, would have, I would have done more. I think that, uh, you know, everybody, sometimes there's a project when everybody just wants to get on board, even for a moment. You know, they want to figure out, uh, how can I do something to, uh, to participate in this? Um, you know, the, the story is about these two guys, and, and that's the great story. And it's also, you know, during COVID, everybody's trying to figure out where can we film? What can we do? What, you know, everybody's a little nervous. And, uh, but yeah, I just did it for a moment. <laughs> but, uh, but it was fun to go down to the NFL Network. And I think uh, Mr. McRae is an amazing actor, amazing actor. So I think a lot of people... You start building a team. I see. I saw Sylvester Stallone's name on this, and, and you say, "What's the best package I can put together to take in to get some financing?" I'm going to need a lot of names, and, and I think that's what you do. Uh, certainly in my business, especially with a, a low-budget independent film like this, um, you know, I also like that there were a lot of homeless uh, uh, people on the crew working on the, you know. Veterans and, and homeless people genuinely doing, my makeup artist was, and uh, genuinely doing the work that they, they, they know they could do. And so 
there was that too. So I'm just happy that I worked one day, you know, and, uh, you know, they, you know, there you go. And on another note, how do you feel your background as a comic and a bouncer has influenced you as an actor? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, the background as a comic has been very helpful because, you know, if you're a stand-up comic, you, you know, the thing with acting is what, when you get your opportunity, you'd better be ready. When that light comes on, you had better be ready. It may be, uh, you know, being a stand-up comic, you better be ready every night. Like, you're up there by yourself. Mm. And I think it's helpful that uh, you don't uh, panic. Uh, you know, okay, you think to yourself, well, I've been through, I've been through harder situations than uh, being in a sound stage and filming. I've been doing live stand-up comedy. Also, you, you learn to act doing comedy. You, 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 uh, Usually people do a character uh, of themselves, a caricature or a character. So that's been very helpful. Being a bouncer <laughs> has helped me. Uh, you know, you, you know I, I grew up in, in, on a farm in a small town in Iowa. And not just being a bouncer, but after high school, I worked for three years on the kill floor of a meatpacking plant. Mm. And, uh, you know, you tend to appreciate other, uh, uh, other jobs. Being a bouncer, here's the thing. A few times I was the only bouncer. I was in tough situations, but usually you work with a group. And, and you know, it's about de-escalating, you know, and it's about uh, figuring out a way to to get, get through this situation or uh, deal with these different personalities or, you know, and you become a bit of a, a, a therapist and, and you become a, but it makes you think, well, the, there's so many different scenarios that you, you get into. And how, how am I going to make this better? How can I make it worse? I made it worse a lot of times. <laughs> but you just learn a human nature. And I think acting a lot is about human nature and understanding, well, this person, what, what are their feelings? What, what, you know, how do they react to those feelings? How am I going to react to my feelings? And, and um you know, I mean, you see that in this film, too, because there's guys sharing their honest story, like in real life, their honest story, that that it's a little startling because you go, oh, Cody Gonzalez is a hero. I mean, guys, he's a Hall of Fame, the first ballot Hall of Fame. He's got this, you know, uh, uh, the other guy, you know, he's sad that, that he didn't go to the Olympics or whatever, but he still had the best career. I can't even imagine him the, the feeling insecure about about that. But it's a, it's a real, you know, it's uh, people like to look cool. We all like to look like oh, okay, we've we've hit the all we've done is hit home runs, but 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 nobody has. And to share that is uh, is startling, and and that kind of rigorous honesty is a powerful thing. And what can you say about your upcoming movie, The Naked Umbrella, about, quote, a conspiracy theorist pyromaniac? And do you, by chance, play that character? No, I, I play the sheriff. <laughs> it's actually a very crazy, fun uh, movie. But And uh, I play the sheriff. And, and I do understand, you know, how people go down these rabbit holes. And, and really, it's about... It's about a small town where that happens, and we see it happening in America all over the place, where people, there's conspiracies, and people, you know, they're, they're tantalizing, and they're, they're fun, and people go down the, the rabbit hole very far with this stuff. I think, uh, you know, I'm also doing a, on uh, the show The Rookie Feds on ABC. I'm doing a reoccurring character on that right now, which I, which I really like, and and, you know, I did Arnold Schwarzenegger's Netflix spy series and, uh, you know, just plugging away, plugging away. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I do a lot of little roles and different things. I, I noticed that I did a I filmed a, a holiday movie two weeks ago and it's op it's like it's opening next month, which is crazy because, you know, it takes a long time to especially these independents to. Sometimes you'll do something and three years later you're like, oh, I see they're releasing it or I see this. But And sometimes they fast track things. So I am looking forward to the Naked Umbrella. And why did you go for playing Forrest Gump no less than twice? 
in Morning Prayer with Scott and Bear, and in Funny or Die Presents. Uh, I don't even remember that first uh, thing. I have no idea. I love okay. Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. My buddy produced that movie. He's got an Oscar on his mantle. But that's an interesting question. I have no, uh, I have no idea. What can you say about getting inspired to portray Rip Van Winkle in Happily Ever After? Well, I think that was an animated. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a cartoon, thank God. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my son, my nine-year-old is in third grade. They just read the Van Winkle story at school. And so I, I, he came home and I said, well, tell me what, the, what you heard. Tell me what the story is to you. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's so funny to hear their version of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, there are things like the, the show you just mentioned that my kids can watch. You know, I've been in 140 movies. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and some of them are, some of them are rough. Some of them are, uh, and some of them, you know, my son, of course, likes the action movies. But, you know, stuff, stuff like that, I'd even forgotten I'd done uh, to come back and, and whether it be on the Simpsons or Stuff. It's fun to see things through your kids' eyes. And any last word about MVP and why should people see you in the film? Well, if they, if they, if people like me, yeah, I did it. I did it. And if they hate me, I'm not in it very long. So it's a, it's a win-win, but it's a really great story. And, and I'm, it's shot beautifully too. It, it, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just a powerful powerful thing and, and Nate, Nate Boyer is amazing you know and, and uh, Bo McCray is just kill. I mean he is so good that that relationship is, seems very real to me it doesn't seem you know two guys struggling for what seems like different reasons but yet really the same and then being able to come together it seemed very organic it did not seem forced um, it, I I, I I really enjoyed watching the movie, too. So in spite of the fact that I'm in it, I'm in it for a moment, yeah. And when Tom Arnold looks in the mirror, what does he see? Well, um, you know, I, I the first thing I see is, boy, uh, I wish I would have worn sunscreen when I was working <laughs> in the fields as a kid. Uh, I don't even think it was invented when I did. But um, I, I lately I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised, you know, there are times when I don't like want to look in the mirror, like always. But lately, uh, you know, I see a dad who puts a lot of time and, and uh, uh, gets a lot of joy out of being a dad. So, you know, the bar's not as high with what I literally see in the mirror. When your when your kids are nine and six, you know, they it's a, a but but you know I I I'm content. I'm happy. I'm grateful. And, uh, I, you know, it's exciting, this life, being a single yeah. dad. I thought, I thought it was what my dream does. <laughs> so, but it, watching myself and things, you know, I, I lost 80 pounds this year. Uh-huh. So the stuff I shot before that, you know, I've been watching. A, there's a Hulu documentary uh, uh, that I did and participated in. I'm, I'm looking at it like, oh, my God, why didn't I wait to shoot that till I lost weight? But that's just sort of how life goes. Okay, thank you, Tom Arnold, for calling into our show. An MVP is out now in release online. This is John Leguizamo, and I want to give a shout-out to everybody. Get political. <laughs> Get your political on. This is John Leguizamo. Express. Oh, hi. This is Jack Shalom. You caught me. Um, uh, I'm just looking 
for the remote, uh, the TV remote. Um, I'm way behind on my holiday shopping, and I want to buy some stuff from the TV. But I can't find the remote control. I know it's here somewhere. Oh, oh shoot, here it is. Darn refrigerator. Uh, no. And no. And oh yeah, here we go. Next up on our holiday gift wish list is a wish come true. The HIMARS High Mobility Artillery Rocket System. Now, this is something we've never offered before on the Home Shopping Weapons Network before today, and they are just going, going, almost gone. These rockets have a range that is just out of this world. You are going to love these. The elegance, the style, the choice of colors. This is the weapon system that you will be proud to call your own or give as a gift. I just so love them, Amy. I bought a set for myself and a set for my neighbors. And why not? If you want to say I care, howdy neighbor, if you've been away for a while, been out of touch, this is just a great way to reconnect with folks, a gift they will not forget. These missiles have been in short supply since their recent deployment to Ukraine, but we have got a shipment at a price you will not believe. I brought one home, Amy, and I have to say that the children were just so pleased with it. They were like, Mommy, Mommy, can I have one also? And that's why we sell them in a family gift box of three. You can see them here. The box is just a gorgeous presentation. It's got the HIMARS imprint, assuring that it's American-made, not a Chinese knockoff. And if you're giving for Christmas, you have the cherry red pine green color option. Or for our Jewish friends, you can order the sky blue arctic white combination. Yes, I love that one. Oh, and we should note that for our Hebraic friends, our own in-house designer, Bev of Boston. You know her from the beautiful reindeer AK-47 Hummels we've been offering all week. She has designed a special Hanukkah pack, which will offer these high-mobility artillery missiles in packages of eight, one for each day of the Hanukkah holiday. Carol, what I love about these missiles is that key phrase, high mobility. You're not going to be stuck in one place with these. You can move them from the front garden to the backyard to the baseball field with an ease and a comfort that will make it a breeze to move and travel with. If you're living an on-the-go lifestyle, and who isn't these days, these are the missiles you want. Amy, I was just on my way to my yoga class the other day, and I said to myself, why not take with me my own personal protection? And I just hitched a set of missiles to the Armored Tactical Vehicle ATV that we offered yesterday, and it was just the easiest, most convenient, really most fun way of transporting these missiles. We'll be offering those ATVs again a little later on in the show. But Carol, some of the viewers might be wondering if these high-mobility rocket systems are difficult to set up. And what exactly are the payloads for these missiles? And worry and wonder no more. You know the manufacturer offers some extras when you buy these missiles. But I have to tell you, Carol, we have got even the manufacturer's beat. That's right. Our Home Shopping Weapons Club package gives you not only the set of high-mobility artillery rockets, but also the ammunition you need to make these effective. Now, if you're not familiar with the ammunition, we've even taken care of that. We included a video and a 16-page instruction booklet that makes setup a breeze. And if you're confused about ammunition, if you don't know which side is up... Oh, that's me! Well, if I can do it, you can do it. And with the Starter Ammunition Pack, they give you such a variety, such a range, such a choice of ammunition that you can't go wrong. You literally cannot go wrong. You are so right, Amy. And with a special HSWN extended three-year warranty, that's two years, 11 months, and 29 days longer than the manufacturer's warranty. You have peace of mind that what you're getting is a quality, high-mobility artillery rocket system, returnable for up to 30 days after Christmas. 
And you're looking at a once-in-a-decade price break here with our FlexPay. Four easy payments of $750,000. Once these are gone, you will not get them again at these prices. And Amy, if you sign up right now for a Home Shopping Weapons Network shopping card, you will get an extra 30% off. Oh my. That's 30% off when you get the shopping card. And remember, you can do it with four easy flex card payments, but you need to call in now. And remember, at this incredible price point, you're going to get the whole set, the whole kit. You're not just getting the missiles. You're getting the missiles. You're getting the starter package of no-fail ammunition. You're getting the video and 16-page booklet starter guide and the extended three-year warranty, almost unheard of in this field, all wrapped up in our delightful cherry red pine green happy Santa motif or our sky blue arctic white hebraic motif. The choice is yours. It's bound to put a smile on your holiday lips. The quantities on this are limited. The items are going fast. If you want to delight your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, call into the numbers on your screen. Oh my, they're going fast. The cherry red pine green is completely gone. And we're down to the last few dozen of the sky blue arctic white. Get in now. 20 seconds is all the time left on this item before we move on. And we may never offer all these extras again. Call the number on your screen. It's a Home Shopping Weapons Network holiday special. And now, Carol, I want to bring on an item that we've had so much success with every year. But I know for this year, it's going to be a real winner. The Switchblade brand Tactical Drones. Now, if we can just get these up on the screen here, uh, you'll see they are just the cutest things ever. Flying above, taking pictures of us. These are your premier drones for surveillance and reconnaissance work. It just makes a great stocking stuffer. And at five pounds, five pounds, you'll be sending these out on missions all over the world. You know, Amy, I just love the shape and form of these drones. They are almost a perfect sphere and they fit in your hands like a glove. You hardly know that you're holding them. And if you're out jogging or picking up the kids from school, you can use them as free weights and incorporate them into your exercise routine when they are not out on a mission. But the great thing about these Switchblade brand tactical drones is that, yes, they do a wonderful job of surveillance. Yes, they do a great job in reconnaissance, but they are also suited for bombing tactical personnel and light vehicles. They are so versatile and flexible. The Switchblade 300 weighs about five pounds and can fly roughly six miles. So if it's a quick nearby bombing you need, the 300 is a perfect solution. If you want some more range, then you can upgrade to the Switchblade 600, which can fly up to 24 miles, something that can be very useful when you're involved with cross-border explosions. Oh, yes. Amy, I just love them. And I have both because I need the convenience, the flexibility, the peace of mind that comes from having the option of either short-distance or long-distance bombing, depending on how the day is going. And really, at these prices? And don't forget FlexPay. There's no reason not to pick up both of these. And just uh, bring in the camera on close-up here. Uh-huh. I want you to take a look at the luster on this drone. The elegance, the smoothness. Oh my goodness, Amy. I can see my reflection in these. You will be proud to display this in your home. You know, we brought home one for our son, Corey, and he just flipped and said it was the best holiday ever. Now, you might be wondering just how powerful can a five-pound drone be? Well, don't be fooled. Like everything at the Home Shopping Weapons Network, we give you the best for less. These drones are guaranteed for a period of two years to cause damage to an area a minimum size of one square mile. But Amy, what if you're like me and you're all thumbs when it comes to electronics? I can barely get the TV remote to work. Am I going to be able to fly these things? <laughs> Believe me, Carol, the Switchblade customer service is just out of this world. They have a toll-free number, and if you have any trouble at all, they will lead you step-by-step step through the setup, point-by-point. Point. 
And what I love about this is that you will be talking to a real live human being on that phone. Oh, yes. I just hate it when you get a recording or a voicemail. With Switchblade, you always get that personal touch. They will tell you what kind of explosives will work for your personal situation. They take your local weather conditions into account. They even take the guesswork out of the IDing of the exact person you are trying to assassinate with a special cross-reference in their extensive database. So you can be sure that you're targeting exactly who you want to be targeting. It couldn't be simpler or more convenient. All right, we've got 20 more seconds on that one. You're guaranteed delivery in one to two weeks, which in these tough supply chain days is just a great comfort to know your drone is going to be there on your doorstep when you need it. Okay, Carol. And now we're ready for the big one, the big enchilada. You know they say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And who can deny the energy, the strength, the sheer kilotonnage of our next item? Item number 372-186, the 40-kiloton Little Boy A-Bomb Replica. This is a handmade, made-in-America, fully operating replica of that first A-Bomb called Little Boy that was used so successfully on Hiroshima during World War II. It may have been called Little Boy, but you will get big pleasure from the oohs and ahs and the knowing looks you get from friends and relatives when they get a load of the king of the bombs, the mighty A-bomb, famous throughout the world. This is available now as part of our Home Shopping Weapons Network Nuclear Weapons Exclusive in a dazzling variety of colors and sizes, ranging from tactical to city buster that will fit your budget and your decorating scheme. And what I love about this item is that here at HSWN, you get not just one, but two A-bombs to commemorate the fact that two A-bombs were dropped on the people of Japan, Little Boy and Fat Man. And these are perfect replicas in terms of the look and feel of those bombs, but we have upgraded and modernized the insides as an HSWN exclusive, working with the manufacturers and fully doubled, that's right, doubled the kilotonnage of each bomb. So instead of getting just 20 kilotons of firepower and destruction in each bomb, like the original little boy, you are getting a full 40 kilotons in each bomb for a total package of country-wasting power. So even though populations of cities have continued to grow over the years, you won't be caught short. No, indeed. They frankly put the previous models to shame. You know, Amy, these are historical and powerful. But what I adore about them is that they are practical. They are so easy to clean. If you're hesitating because you don't want to store them in your garage or basement, get them all dusty, then hesitate no more. Because really, it takes no more than a damp chamois cloth and a little bit of water and everyday kitchen soap to get these gleaming like new. In the past, people hesitated to own these A-bombs because they, frankly, would get a little bit funky with no way to keep them clean. But these sturdy A-bombs we are selling today have a luster, a shine, a sparkle that will just not get dull. The manufacturers listened to our great HSWN shoppers and immersed each A-bomb in a bath of molten platinum. And man, oh man, what a difference. You have a showpiece that gleams, that is impervious to rust and age, that literally laughs at dirt. And if you want to bring out that extra mirror-like sparkle, just bring out the soap and water like Carol is doing now, and you're good to go. Of course, when you're cleaning, you want to avoid touching the DEFCON 5 button. The manufacturer puts that there as a safety feature, so that if for some reason the bomb lands unexploded in enemy territory and an unauthorized person brushes up against the DEFCON 5 button, touching the button will automatically set off a powerful detonation sequence that will eliminate the unauthorized enemy incursion. And of course, all evidence of the bomb itself. Now, I see Carol there with her dust rag and soap and water. I'm loving it, Amy. Call me a clean freak. 
but just a couple of spritzes of water and soap, and this is going to be as good as new. Of course, you want to make sure when you're cleaning to avoid the DEFCON 5 button. Carol, avoid the DEFCON 5 button. Avoid the... Carol! 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 All right, gather round, gather round, everyone. We are offering these fabulous slingshots made by David, who so recently slayed Goliath, the state-of-the-art slingshots, the latest in modern weaponry used throughout the land of Canaan, will hold up to three rocks at a time. Just four flex pay payments of five shekels and two goats with free express shipping via camels. All right, gather round. We just got 20 seconds left on this one. Yella, let's go, everyone. Come on, raise your hand if you want one. Gather around. You've been listening to an exclusive Arts Express Playhouse production of the Home Shopping Weapons Network. Written by Jack Shalom. Featured in the cast were... Mary Murphy as Amy, Lucy McMichael as Carol, and myself, Jack Shalom, as the new announcer. This is Jack Shalom for Arts Express with host Prairie Miller. And that's all we have time for today on Arts Express, expression in the arts. And if you'd like to express yourself too, you can write to us at theradiogoddess at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Prairie Miller leaving the station.